This is Chris Michaels. It's the last call podcast with aforementioned Chris Michaels. Ah, uh, man, little congestion earlier today, but now that I've fired up my teapot and threw some Manuka honey in there, coming straight from Australia and New Zealand, my congestion just went through the window. I am breathing freely and clearly for the first time in, I don't know, hours. Uh, so, get yourself some Manuka honey. That stuff is it's expensive, and you don't need a lot of it in your tea. Now, I'm a big tea uh, honey person, so I put a big old thing of honey in all my teas, but with Manuka honey, you need a, a little dabble, do you? It's very condensed. It's very full of sweetness and goodness. Uh, Manuka honey, apparently... Is one of the only things on the planet that can treat a staph infection, which is kind of interesting because nobody really knows how that manica honey works, um, and it's 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 a, one of those miracle drugs. Even though it's not a drug, and it is from uh, nature itself, they actually add things to it to give it a little more oomph when it um, when it works against icky things like staph infections. But uh, you can find different levels of the oomph. Uh, I think it's called biotin. Um, and uh, the the higher it goes, the more expensive it gets and uh, the more powerful it is. So definitely something to, to brush up on and get your grubby little mitts on uh, if you can get something like that. So, oh, Kazakhstan. Whoa, every, oh, the, the government of Kazakhstan has effectively been overthrown. And they came out and said, well, all of these people, they're just so upset at the cost of gas and energy. So they decided to overthrow the government. Who buys this? Who buys this story? If you have two brain cells to rub together, and if you're listening to me, you already have quite a few brain cells to rub together and shake them up. You already know that this story is nonsense. Why would they be doing something like that? Kazakhstan is in Central Asia. It is just below Russia and just west of Mongolia and China and just to the north of Afghanistan. So why would they want that country to be overthrown? And of course, Jen Psaki is out there and she's saying, oh, well, you know, it's not the United States. The United States isn't doing it. And we are promoting calm and civility. Yeah, I'm sure you are, sweetheart. I'm sure everybody behind the scenes had nothing to do with this. Um, so it's it's absolute nonsense. Now, I have my own opinions on why they would want to overthrow Kazakhstan. The first thing is that it is rich in raw materials such as petroleum, oil, uranium. Oh, uranium, nuclear, uh, nuclear materials, you say. And it also has one of the oldest and largest operational spaceports. So a lot of countries like Russia and I think even the United States, at least the last time I checked, I'm not sure if they still do it, they would essentially lease out the, I, now I can't say this properly, Baikonur Cosmodrome, and they would launch stuff from Kazakhstan into low orbit and into orbit. Okay, those two things right there, uranium, rare earth metals, and a spaceport, 
seemed to be something that the West would want. And it would seem to me that they are going after those places in particular, the, the, the spaceport and also uh, those raw materials, because they're going to try to go after Russia. Now, one of the biggest things in history, if you do any research in history against uh, about Russia, you know, you got Napoleon, you got Hitler, you've got the Kaiser. They all tried to go in there and they had to face General Winter. And they eventually would have to, they got to the outskirts of Moscow. I think Napoleon and Hitler, I think Napoleon did um, before he got his, uh, before he got beat up at Borodino. And then um, uh, Hitler actually made it to the outskirts of Russia in the first year of Operation Barbarossa, uh, the suburbs of, outskirts of Russia, outskirts of Moscow, uh, the suburbs of Moscow, and uh, that was about it. So they dipped their toes, and then uh, they got beat back, and that was the end of that. So uh, the main problem going after Russia is everybody goes for Moscow. So what is the biggest obstacle? You've got all this land. So what they're trying to do is they're trying to overthrow countries that are friendly to China and friendly to Russia, like Kazakhstan, because they want a backdoor into Russia. Ukraine isn't working properly, right? Because basically the border of the Ukraine is still de facto Russian. So they're trying to overthrow Kazakhstan so that they can get into Russia from the south, which ultimately would allow them to station all sorts of, of missiles right on Russia's back door. And that's probably what's really going on here. Kazakhstan also has um, a couple of other ties to things like the Shanghai Cooperation Organization and the Eurasian Economic Union and a couple of other things. Basically, what, what China tried to do and Russia tried to do is that they created a trading block of countries uh, across Eurasia and across Central Asia that reaches basically from China out to the Mediterranean and the Caspian Sea and things like that. So by disrupting that, they're once again stymieing the, uh, the, that trading block in Central Asia. Now, like I said, those two items, the, the raw materials, the uranium, and also the spaceport, is something to consider. I would assume that somewhere from the old Soviet Union that they have nuclear weapons in there somewhere or some sort of weapon of mass destruction um, somewhere in Kazakhstan. I mean, Kazakhstan is desolate, very, very desolate. I would also, you know, if you know me, I would also suspect that Kazakhstan has some sort of ancient technology like they were looking for in Iraq, uh, like North Korea probably has, like Iran probably has. Um, and I think that they're, they're, that's the next country on the hit list. They found some sort of ancient text that led them to Kazakhstan, and that's what they're going to do. Uh, they're going to try and find this thing. Um, and the, the only positive thing here is that there is something called the Collective Security Treaty Organization, uh, the CSTO, and that's essentially a Russian-led organization that goes into countries in that are aligned to it to bring about peace because 
they know at this point, given the Arab Spring, given the overthrow of Iran, they know what the West and the United States does. They fund all of these insurgents. I mean, just look at what Antifa and Black Lives Matter did last year in 2020 across the United States. The same concept. The West, George Soros, all those people, they fund what they call grassroots individuals. There's nothing grassroots about it. It's all foreign money. And they supply these people with all sorts of weapons and socially disruptive tactics to overthrow local governments. That's basically what went on here in Kazakhstan, and they do it all the time. The The leader of Kazakhstan said, this is ridiculous. We need the help of Russia, and I think they're also inviting China into the country to fight back against foreign intervention. They already called it out. They already think that the West is doing this on purpose. And I think this is going to be another Ukraine. I think they're going to try to create disruption and a civil war on the southern border of Russia. Um, so that's my two cents in all of it. I think that, um, I, I don't know. It's very sad. It's very silly for people not to assume that um, that something like this is going on. I mean, it's it's just very, very naive at this point. It's very childish, too. Like, how much, how much longer... How much longer are people in the West going to put up with this kind of activity? You know, are you proud to say, oh, yeah, I belong to a country that, that overthrows other countries, and we, we, we cry foul when somebody calls us out on it? I mean, no, who would be proud of that? Most people don't care about how other people live. They just want to be left alone. That's what's really going on. And I think this is going to be something that's, that's going to be the next Ukraine kind of thing. Uh, oh, we're on the cusp. We're on the cusp of January 6th, the anniversary of the insurrection and those evil ne'er-do-wells that wanted to overthrow the United States government. Oh, okay. Oh, and Trump was behind it. He must have been behind it because no other dastardly ne'er-do-well and Nazi has the audacity to try and overthrow the American government twice in four years. Ugh. Ugh. I've gone over the extremely dubious events of January 6th, 2020 in prior podcasts, but you've got things like agent provocateurs in there. Just look up this guy, Ray Epps. If you haven't heard about him, I'm sure you've heard about him at this point. I brought him up a long time ago before he even gained notoriety in the mainstream media. Basically, Ray Epps, former FBI, I think he was an FBI agent, or he worked for the FBI, became an FBI contractor, which means he's an agent but not officially on the FBI payroll, so he can do drugs and go around and beat people up. And the FBI says, oh, no, he's not with us. So uh, Ray Epps lives in Queen Creek, Arizona, um, and he was videoed all over the place on January 6th and a few days before it, essentially leading the quote-unquote insurrectionists. So if he wasn't there, nobody would have done it. So he was the one that was over there. If everybody is so up in arms about these people that assaulted the Capitol, how come nobody is arresting Ray Epps? How come nobody is looking after him? How come nobody is investigating him? How come he's not wanted? On and on we go. Because he worked for the FBI, and he was part of that insurrectionist movement. It was a fifth columnist movement. Basically, the FBI infiltrated all this crap, all of these protesters, 
and they created the situation. It's, it's the same thing that happens over and over again. Do some research into the supposed kidnappers of Governor Whitmer. Those kidnappers are, are a bunch of knuckle-draggers, and they wouldn't have done anything unless the FBI did not infiltrate people and goad them into doing it and training them into doing it. If the FBI didn't get involved, that supposed kidnapping attempt, which was orchestrated by the FBI, would have never even come close to even being no ever happening. These people wouldn't have never met. So it's another example of just utter idiocy and moronic behavior. So now they've got this guy, January 6th defendant. Now, this is from the Epic Times, being held in Virginia. Now, what uh, supposedly what these what, what some of these people that have been arrested for January 6th, they are being treated terribly. And these guys are also being denied razors so that they have to grow out facial hair um, so that they look sloppy, so that they can't eat right because they got bristles over their facial hair and they look like Wilford Brimley. Uh, hawking oatmeal. So it, it's it's another form of degradation, and supposedly there's abuse in there. We nobody nobody knows, but he has to have a special diet. This one clown, uh, Joseph McBridge, New York attorney, has said that essentially, uh, Mr. McBride uh, is. Oh no, wait, hold on, hold everything here. They're starving the guy out, McBride told the Epic Times. They have moved him six times since he's been detained, which is about a year. We can't send him to a facility that's not going to be able to take care of him because he has celiac disease. Uh, so his name is Quaglin, Christopher Quaglin. And many instances of physical and psychological abuse, denial of medical care, 24-hour solitary confinement, which is bizarre, denial of basic personal hygiene, denial of access to legal counsel, destruction of records, general abuse of rights, and, and mandated standards for prisoners have been brought to our attention by a bunch of Republicans. Okay, so the point is here is that the Democrats are trying to create a standard what they're doing is is that they're saying if you dare do something like this if you vote the wrong way this is going to be you because if you look at this picture this guy just seems like a ham and egger that went to the protest on january 6th and thought he was doing the right thing and or i shouldn't even say doing the right thing thought he was doing something that was righteous it's a little bit different he thought he was doing the right thing doesn't mean that he was um, so for him to be treated like a terrorist is is beyond inhumane, and it's a message that the Democrats are trying to send out. So another issue that we see with this whole January 6th thing is that Homeland Security's top official told reporters on January 4th that he, they weren't aware of any specific credible threats at this point to January 6, 2022. Oh, but at the same time, we're operating at a heightened level of vigilance. Oh, oof. Remember how they kept the White House gated up after the election and after the inauguration, and they had fencing all over the place, and they kept it there for four months, five months? Yeah, that's another message. Something else is going on in there. And now they're saying, oh, we've got no credible threats, nothing to worry about. And I don't 
believe that because if I had to take a stab, if I had to take a stab at anything, they are about to engage in another false flag event. And it's going to be another step forward to this totalitarian nonsense and this dystopian society nonsense because the COVID thing is running out of steam. They're doing more and more drastic things. You're seeing governors and um, state schools all over the country say that you can't come back, you can't go to work unless you have a booster. So now they're mandating boosters. So that that is where people start to draw the line because I know people that have gotten inoculated with the first two vaccines and they're saying, nah, boosters shouldn't be the case. Boosters should not be the case. You should have a right to decide. Really, you had you, where were you a year ago? Where or where were you for the most part of this year where you said everybody has to be vaccinated and if you don't want to be vaccinated then you should not be able to participate in society? Where were you throughout the whole year? Now, oh, it's a choice. Now, when you've got a gun to your head, when you're being told you did the masking, you did the distancing, you got both of the vaccines, right? You got uh, two shots of Pfizer, you got the John, the Moderna, whatever it is. You got that. Now, the government is saying, well, you can't participate in society unless you get a booster. Now, oh, it's my body, my choice. Oh, yeah. Okay. Okay, pal. You know. So it's good that people are finally starting to wake up and saying, hey, wait a minute, what happened to my choice and, and my body autonomy and my bodily sovereignty? Yeah, maybe you, should, maybe you should actually start waking up to this kind of thing. And one last little bit, little bit before being that I digressed like a drunk mental patient. The Gateway Pundit. Oh, it's fake news. Uh, yeah, that's what happens whenever you reference the Gateway Pundit. Christopher Ray, Christopher Way, Ray, FBI chief under Trump, traitor under Trump. Ser Secret Service admits they knew 13 counter-protest groups were organizing to attend Washington, D.C. January 6th protests in 2021. So, now, why is that the issue? Because Christopher Ray, under oath, said that he knew of nobody. There were no reports of counter-protesters. Counter-protesters would be individuals coming from groups like Antifa and other organizations that are meant to infiltrate Trump and infiltrate um, the Trump movement, the MAGA movement, all that other stuff. They, those are the counter-groups that they're referring to here, the counter-protest groups. They knew about it. They were there. They had Antifa members all over the place. They had Antifa members act as guests to Democrat lawmakers on January 6th. They were in the Capitol building. They were in the Capitol building as guests. And it was crazy to even think that Christopher Ray was going to be honest about all of this. He was another turncoat, another quizzling, another fifth columnist that... They, he was not going to do anything to stop any of these protests or infiltration of the Capitol building. It wasn't going to happen under Ray, and he wanted it to happen because he wanted Trump to look even worse than the media was portraying him. They knew 13 different groups, and everybody knew about it. The D.C. police, the FBI, the Secret Service, the Park Police, Supreme Court Police, they all knew about it, and they did nothing about it. Doing nothing is just as bad as 
infiltrating and causing an insurrection. The insurrectionists were not that rabble rally that occurred on January 6th. The insurrectionists were the people that infiltrated the rabble rally and made it look like a massive MAGA insurrection. That's the real problem, and nobody will come to grips with that. They can't even consider the fact that Antifa members can buy MAGA hats and stroll in to a MAGA rally and pretend they're MAGA. They can't fathom that. I brought that up when it occurred. They can't get that through their heads. So we need to be on the lookout for more false flags like we saw on January 6th in January this year of 2022 because something else is coming out. So that's going to be it for me, the Last Call Podcast. This is Chris Michaels. And as always, one more podcast coming up this week.